Howdy, howdy, howdy. Oh, hiya. Friends and neighbors. Hello. <laughs> Hail and well met. Hail and well met. Blessed tits. Blessed tits to ye. <laughs> and a fine how do you do. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, to be sure. Ah, uh, to be sure. Uh, I'm Jen Ponton. I'm Lillian Bustle. And this is your quarantine edition of All the Fucks, a podcast where Lillian and I... Uh, uh, where, where, we do, where we do a variety of European accents. Is it still... I feel like it's still okay to be slightly racist towards white people. I think that that's... Oh, it's fun. Look, these are our ancestors. It's fine. We can... We can... Yeah, we can jam on them all we want. That's fine. Absolutely. <laughs> None of them are safe. No, no. Look out. Uh, Wait till I get into the French later. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you may as well take jabs at the French because they're pissed off all all the time anyway. Like, they're already looking for a fight. That's right. And if you're all, wait, well, what did the French do? I would refer you to Haunted Flagler College with crazy motherfucking Ponce de Leon. Wait, the French did that? uh, 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 Wait, what's, what's his face? Oh, no, I'm mostly thinking of the settlers that settled <laughs> Florida. Never mind. No. Everyone's safely back to one. <laughs> and scene. And scene. <laughs> Great work, everybody. Great work. Oh, my God. I'm going to hit craft services. Uh, <laughs> so I... So, I guess this is the time that I realized that I now have a 15-minute commute to my own office in my house. <laughs> That's, look, it's okay. It's t- it's a thousand percent Today's okay. might have been a 20-minute commute. I was like, I'm ready. Let's go. I need some water. Wait, I need to do 1,500 <laughs> other things first. Oops, oops, oops. I'm going to say hi to the cow. What's this on the ground? <laughs> so sparkly. <laughs> Where did I leave? It's all just glitter and feathers. It's just like a oh. breadcrumb trail. Come on. Where did I where did I leave those sardines? <laughs> it's just cans of sardines laid out. That I've just been walking into a room forgetting why I'm there and just leaving a can of sardines. <laughs> oh Listen, my god, you've turned it'll be just you've turned from Miss Piggy into Lou, the guy who throws fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, New Zealand. I am becoming my final form. <laughs> oh, Lou, what's his name? Lou. Lou Zealand. Lou Zealand. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, Lequilenza. No, that's an yes. actual person. <laughs> I just tried to do his voice, which I think was Jerry. I think his puppeteer was Jerry Nelson. Couldn't do it. Instead, sounded much more like Eugene Levy. Ah! Um. <laughs> Doing impressions and waiting for coffee. Sweet. <laughs> Still something I won't complain about, though. No, okay. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I am stoked for scary stories. We haven't done it in a while. We haven't done scary stories in a while. We've been regaling you with our scary stories, which you may or may not prefer. I mean, the Shelley um, Duvall thing was a very scary story. It was. It was. I was also, I was thinking that if you feel like dolloping me since I haven't watched it yet, if you wanted to, you could dollop me with the ferret thing. Oh, no, 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 no. That's like dancing about architecture. I cannot tell you 
about the wonders <laughs> of ferrets, a pursuit of excellence that is not, that can't. It's not about the I plot. I just have to go have an individual it's, journey. It's about the journey. I love this journey for you. <laughs> oh, before we start, I just want to bitch for a second. You know how I was like, blah, 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 bras. I always buy the same kind of bra. If they get rid of this bra, I'm going to be real sad. I don't yeah. have actual proof of this, but from the way the Cacique website looks, it looks like they are trying to phase out my damn smooth plunge bra. And no. I, it's like, do you want one that clasps in the front? No, I fucking oh, don't want that. No. Maybe for a costume, but I mm -hmm. want that for real life, A. And B, those make your boobs look much wider, at least they do in the, in the the on the models. I have literally never worn a front clasp bra. I haven't since I was like 12. Um, I, uh, I need, I thought they were only for tiny boobs or at least I, boobs that are not like mine. Right. I need adjustments. No, that's not, cause that could be from like day to day, which hook that needs to be on. Like, <laughs> yeah, I could have a bready day and need to let it out a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, but, um, that, or they're all the, um, what do you call it? Uh, crisscrossy strappy ones where you can take the straps off convertibles. I don't need that. Oh, I don't wear clothes no. that need that. And also, I refuse to believe that that kind of bra is going to work as a strapless. Like, no. So, and those are an extra, those are like the $50 bra instead of the $40, $35 bra. Mm -hmm. I don't want it. Motherfuckers, mm -hmm. I hate them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to Torrid. I'm, I, I'll, I'll have squeaky tits. I don't care. Well, I really, really like Torrid's squeaky bras. I like them too. I just wish they didn't squeak. Yeah. Every so often I find myself like, I'll take like a sexy pose, like when I know my cleavage is really doing its business and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to like go this way and take a selfie. And that squeak as my arm like squeezes into the side <laughs> of the bra to take the selfie, it makes me not feel sexy anymore. It's like, a, <laughs> oh, no. it's like, a, it's like a floor squeaking before you're about to fall through it in the walking dead. You're like, oh no. <laughs> wow it's got a lot of dread wrapped up in there for you <laughs> i i guess i should unpack that later <laughs> who wants to be my talk space special guest <laughs> okay first of all i need to tell you this is from dawn keebles and while her username is not as erratic as the ones that we usually find, I will tell you that her profile picture is of a woman in the 60s leaning back with two giant pumpkins over her boobs. Yes. So Yes, indeed. Uh, go get yours, done. Oh, my God. People, the commenters on Jezebel really, really bring it. They do. Uh, this is a story that Dawn calls The Running Man. I'm going to be super legit in this story, but I've changed all names and some minor details so that I cannot be identified. So please don't dox me because as you'll read, there is someone out there looking for me and I do not want to be found. No! I've been working for a few years for this really great company in Phoenix. I started off as a file clerk while in college, but my boss took a liking to me and offered me a full-time position in the company after I graduated with a very nice salary. So I bit the bullet recently and put my life savings into a very cute pre-World War II cottage bungalow in a safe, picturesque, historic neighborhood downtown, a short walk from my office. The house has been remodeled beautifully, with a new kitchen and bathrooms, with chrome fixtures, and a clawfoot bathtub. Ugh. 
One day. Dreams. Fucking dreams. goals, goals, goals. I, I have one. I have one in my garage. Oh, right. <laughs> that doesn't count. It's there. That doesn't count. It's waiting. That's not, that's not. Nope. That's a step closer to Marsha. That's not a step closer to having a bath. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> You're becoming my mom. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, I need to start watching way more PBS. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I ever call you and you're like, I'm watching Nova, then... Oh, no! Oh, shit, my dad loved Nova. Oh, of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. What was your mom's sign? Was she a Taurus? Oh, uh, April 30th was her birthday. Oh, yep. Mom, what did oh. you yesterday? Oh. What's up, Mom? Hello, Marsha. <laughs> Oh. I'm leaving the light on for you, lady. Is today March, May 1st? May's 1st, right? Today's May 1st. So, yeah, her birthday was yesterday. Okay. April, yeah. Happy mm-hmm. birthday, Marcia. Oh. Mm. Taurus icon. She'll be happy. <laughs> that, does that... I thought it was an Aries. That's a Taurus? That's a Taurus. It changes over to Taurus unlike the, the 20th. The 20th is the cusp, right? The 19th or 20th. Yeah, yeah. It changes every year because of the lunations, but... Oh, um, yes. how... Funny. I don't think I ever put that together because Don's a Taurus. A little bit. Don's birthday mm-hmm. is May 11th, which the other day I was like, I was like, oh, blah, blah, blah for your birthday. Oh, no, your birthday. <laughs> oh, no, your birthday. I got to figure out what I'm going to do for Andrew. Our husbands are birthday uh, neighbors. Yes. Um, yeah. I. Uh, who knows what a birthday is going to look like now? Nice underwear. <laughs> nice underwear. There's that. All right. Clawfoot bathtub. The hardwood floors are original, as are the steel casing windows. Oh, my God. With the old original glass. Oh, my Ooh. God. It also has a working wood fireplace. Oh, Fuck. You ha- See, if you that happens, though, you have to be an Instagrammer. Like, you, you graduate. Oh, yeah. If you move into a place like that. <laughs> this is your new career. Your life is now a lifestyle blog. <laughs> That's right. I was so lucky with my house because my realtor's best friend was also a realtor, and she told her about the house, so I made an offer after looking at it, and the seller took it without ever putting it on the market. Mm-mm. I feel like I had stolen it because of its location and the fact that the seller, a single man in his 50s, had parted with it so easily. He never counter-offered. Uh, counter-offered. He never had any demands. Probably the easiest real estate transaction ever. Pretty early on after moving in, I was cooking dinner after work when I heard a knock on the door. I checked the ornate metal peephole, (laughs) and there was an elderly, slender, white gentleman on my porch. He was dressed in grass-stained old jeans and a flannel shirt. He looked a little haggard and sweaty, like he worked on a farm. He had a vacant look in his eyes and wasn't very friendly when I greeted him. I couldn't understand him that well either. He mumbled and spoke low and said, I used to own this house. He knew things about the house, so he must have lived here at some point, but he wasn't friendly about it. (laughs) In fact, he said he would mow my front yard for 20 bucks. It was getting dark, and I didn't want to talk to his creepy ass anymore, so I just said, Hi, I used to live here, and I'll mow your lawn for 20 bucks. So I just said, no, you don't have to do that. Why don't I see what I have? And maybe you can come back tomorrow and tell me more about the house. He just stood there. So I turned to get my purse to get him some money. When I turned back to the doorway, he was gone. I stood there for a second like dumb shit with the money in my hand. I figured 
He'd been angry that I said no and had begun to walk away from the door, so I poked my head out farther, but he wasn't on the porch. I walked down to the driveway to see if he was by the side of the house, but he wasn't there either. Weird, but whatever. I had a housewarming party after moving in and had all my friends over. Everyone was having a good time, except for my friend Katie. I noticed she was only hanging outside. I went outside to clean up some cups in the backyard, and Katie was out there smoking a cigarette alone. She gave me some bullshit about having to leave, and when I complained that she had just gotten there and we hadn't even had a chance to talk yet, she grabbed my arm and looked at me very seriously and then said, There's an old man in there. Oh. I didn't... <laughs> I didn't understand, so I jokingly told her there were a couple of old men in my house right now, but she didn't laugh. Another night, I had my friend Nathan over, and we were, ahem, in my bed, <laughs> you know, fucking... <laughs> And I, God bless anyone who's like, wink, wink, you know, fucking. (laughs) And I was on top riding it out and just enjoying myself. (laughs) Live your baby life. Live your baby life, girl. Just enjoying myself when I began to notice that every time I would moan, I could hear someone else moaning through my bedroom wall. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Mm Uh-uh. It freaked me out so much that I hopped off and ceased all activity. Putting on my robe, I asked Nathan if he heard the ghost moans, and he looked at me like I was crazy. He had no idea what I was talking about. Nathan, get on board! Get on board, Nathan. Come on. (laughs) Don't put the fire out, babe. Ah! Okay. (laughs) A few weeks later, it's just... This story is so batshit. A few weeks later, I had been all excited to use my new home's wood-burning fireplace, so I had Nathan over again. Listen, I've got to tell you, I'm not on this girl's side anymore. I'm sorry sorry to keep interrupting you. (laughs) But, like, if your shit is that good, then you better put up with whatever nonsense this is. (laughs) With your ornate metal fucking peephole or whatever. Oh, my God, with the steel casing windows? Shut the fuck up. Oh, God. You know she's got, like, hammocks and shit. Ugh, go on. Oh, man. All right, so I had Nathan over again. We were drinking wine by the fireplace like fancy fucking assholes (laughs) When, when we heard a buzzing noise coming from the fireplace. I leaned over the fire to see where the buzzing was coming from. When suddenly, as I am laser-focused on inspecting the fire, six big black carpenter bees fly out of the fire right past my face (laughs) and into the living room. (laughs) Oh, no! As soon as I realized that these bees are flying out of the fire, I screamed and ran out of my house, abandoning Nathan to his fate. <laughs> Two minutes later, Nathan comes out running, holding a flaming log. He lifts it over his head and throws it onto my front lawn. As soon as the log hits the ground, it splits open and a swarm of black bees comes flying out. Gah! Oh, oh. oh. <clears throat> The experience with the weird old guy and the ghost sex moans and these fucking fire bees all had me freaked out. So I was like, I need a roommate. <laughs> I 
asked around, and my friend Kelly said that she needed a place, so I offered her the Don't front desk. Don't drag someone else into this! <laughs> One night after Kelly moved in... <laughs> Craigslist ad for this place. <laughs> I know. Uh, must mm. love wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't we all? Oh my god. Um, one night after Kelly moved in, we were walking home from our favorite bar after last call, and we almost made it back to my house when we noticed this guy walking behind us about two streets back. Mm-mm. It was late and dark, and we were in a very quiet neighborhood that seldom has car traffic in it due to its many annoying speed bumps, so he seemed slightly out of place. He had on dark jeans, a gray hoodie, with the hood up, and he was coming up on us pretty quickly. Me being my dumb good girl self was all like, oh, it's nothing, don't worry. But Kelly was smarter or maybe just drunker than me, and she took off running. (laughs) (laughs) That bitch knows what's up. She does. I stopped walking and laughed at her, running away from me at a full sprint. And then I turned back to see what the guy behind us was doing. Suddenly, he starts running towards me. It was like a fight or flight response, and I just instinctually started to run too. Kelly was still running up ahead of me. I could hear his footsteps slapping the pavement behind me, but they didn't seem to be close. This dude was running hard. I was too afraid to turn back and see where he was. I was trying to formulate a plan, but all I could hear were his footfalls getting closer and closer until it was all I could hear, and I knew he would be at my back in a few seconds. Up ahead, Kelly suddenly jerked to the right after passing a row of tall oleanders lining the corner yard of the first house on our street. I remember thinking, oh no, she's leading him to our house and we're going to have to fight this guy. I started to hear the swishing of his jeans as he came up behind me. Nope. As soon as I turned to the right to follow Kelly down our street, I was tackled from behind and taken (gasps) down to the ground on the wet grass in the front yard of a house. As I was falling, time felt like it slowed down and I mentally prepared myself to go wild on this dude. But as soon as I hit the ground, my kicks and punches began connecting with air. There was no one there. Oh, I cry. It seemed I had just tripped and fallen. I was laying in the yard by myself, drunk and dumbfounded. No, honey. I looked behind me. The running man had vanished. Still terrified, I got up quickly and ran down to my house. Kelly had made it to our front porch and was waiting for me. He's gone! He's gone! I whisper yelled to her as I ran up to her. We quickly went into the house and kept all the lights off, peeking out the living room window for the running man, but we never saw him. A few weeks later, it was late at night, and Kelly and I were chilling, watching Handmaid's Tale, when we heard a knock on the door. Again, not chilling. That's not the definition of chilling. Decidedly not chilling. It was my neighbor Karen, so I invited her in, but she didn't seem happy. I asked her what was up, and she asks me if I was about to go for a run. I'm like, no, why? Well, I just talked to your friend who runs with you, Karen. I was confused. Who? Karen continued with concern in her voice. I didn't get his name. He was just outside looking through your window when I came to take out the trash. I asked him what he was doing, and he said he was waiting for you guys to come out. He said you go running with him? 
Immediately, I thought of the running man who had chased us down the street and then disappeared. I asked Karen to describe him, and she said he was wearing a gray hoodie. I asked her what happened to him, and she said she didn't think he was our friend, so she came right over and knocked on our door. And when she turned back to look for him, he was gone. <laughs> I called the police. I told them about being harassed by this guy, and the board dispatcher took all the info I had. I asked for an officer to come by to take our statements and look around. I felt like if Running Man saw the police at, her at our house, he may leave us alone. Kelly and I waited up all night. We saw a police car drive up and then back down the street and then park at the end, sit for five minutes, and then take off. The next morning, I called the Phoenix PD and filed a complaint, but I've never heard anything back from them to this day. A few weeks after this incident, I was doing some yard work, and I went to look at the side of the house the running man was caught peeping into, and right in front of my bedroom, on the ground, were four fresh-looking cigarette butts. Oh! Nope. Kelly recently moved out last month, and it just terrifies me to come home to this place alone. I can't sleep and now have awful sleep paralysis nightmares where something is trying to get into the house, or I dream of blackness with just the sound of human screams. I can't take it anymore. I wanted to be able to use this house for my future family, but now, honestly, I just want out of the house. I'm afraid the running man will come back and murder me instead of just watching me from the windows at night. I'm afraid of the nightmares and bees and noises. I just feel like this house is almost cursed or something. Now I know why the previous owner never put it on the market, but wanted to sell it so quickly. Because now, I want the same. <laughs> nope. Ooh. I, you know, it's so funny. I'm so happy that the bees stayed in. If the, if she had passed this off to an editor, someone would have made her kill her darlings and she would have had to have cut out the carpenter bee thing. But I got to tell you, that really to fucking... streamline no. that shit. And that boy needs a goddamn medal of honor. Can you imagine oh. reaching into a motherfucking fire to pull a log up? Can you imagine realizing that that's what was happening? To being... Oh like, to have seen your girlfriend just scared shitless... By five, but carpenter bees are big and they're loud. They are so loud. They're like June bugs. And um, I'm so loud right now. I'm sorry. Um, no, I love it. <laughs> I have a lot of Keep feelings. Yelling. I like it. Um, to then like have the wherewithal to be like, oh, they're coming from this log. I must take this burning log outside and fling it away from me and also make sure away from my girlfriend who has run outside because she's dying. Like, <laughs> and then to watch it explode, much like that spider egg sac must have exploded in my makeup case. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I got to tell you, she could have, she could have just, she could have just told moaning in my walls and then blamed it on the carpenter bees, and that would have still yes! been a great story for me. So... <laughs> that would have been the best story. <laughs> Bees turn into moaning sex ghosts. Sure. I mean, oh my god, every, that's so everybody's great. got a shtick, right? <laughs> Find your brand. <laughs> oh fucking fuck's sake! Oh my god, yes. Okay, I feel like the things that I pulled are all kind of long but this was the one that had the the out of the ones that i pulled the ones that had the like holy shit what the fuck oh my god comments so 
um, from someone. I'm always down for that. I want to add um, that today, because I had that long commute. (laughs) (laughs) Got into some traffic. It was gridlock. I did. It was real rough. Bump it a bump it. Um, I picked picked these stories based on the comments. I skimmed the story um, to see if it was good writing. I, and I picked it based on the comments, so I also have not read this story. <laughs> Ooh, and I'm, I love I'm it. I'm going to say it's adding to the fun. Ah, so, <clears throat> from a, re, a user named Morgala, when I was in grade school, we lived in a tiny college cottage built in the 1940s. My mother was an artist and tutored students at our house. She also had a lot of college-aged artsy friends who would come over and hang out. This was the 1970s, so they were no doubt sitting around getting totally baked. So if I wasn't there to see it, I would have had in the story, in retrospect, a likely result of too much THC. <clears throat> That's not what baked means, but okay. Wait, yes, it is what baked means. I think I read that as LSD. Oh. Regardless, <laughs> on with the story. Um, <laughs> one of the fun things, quote unquote, they did together was to make life masks, which required the subject to lie on the floor. Have you done this before, Jen? Oh, God. I've not done it, but I've watched it. Yeah. I don't know why I've done this, but I've done this multiple times. Um, uh, which requires the subject to lie on the floor with straws up his nose and Vaseline on his or her skin. So a cast can be made of their face without ripping out all the hairs. Pretty much all the circle of friends plus my mom and dad had made these. My mom hung them all on a line over the windows in our den where our TV was. This might have seemed really creepy to a normal person watching TV with a bunch of disembodied white plaster faces just staring down from the wall. (laughs) But mom painted surreal and gothic subjects, and my dad paraphrased H.P. Lovecraft tales to me at bedtime. So it wasn't creepy to me at all. Just quote-unquote normal. Now, our TV room where the masks were was pretty... And I gotta tell you, my friend Marty... I love you, Marty. Um, When she moved away, I I wound up with an entire collection of Italian papier mache masks that I didn't have anywhere to put them. So they are on the shelf above the TV in our bedroom, looking at us all the time. (laughs) I don't. Oh my God. Yes. I don't think they're creepy currently, but I feel like after this, I might think they're creepy. Um, That TV room where the masks were, were, was pretty tiny and laid out in such a way as to have one door behind the couch that led to the hall. I feel like we're supposed to be picturing this, but I'm not going to be able to. Um, One door behind the couch that led to the hall where the bedrooms were, and another door to the right of the couch that led to the kitchen dining area. In the kitchen was a door that led out to the backyard, and also one that opened to the garage. Next time, please submit a floor plan. This is important because my dad worked late a lot, and my mom was super paranoid about weirdos getting in since we lived near a fairground. (laughs) Don't do that! Is that a carny complaint? I, I, and bums wandered by pretty regularly. I don't know. I didn't know fairgrounds had this kind of reputation, but as soon as it said fairground, I was like, I don't want to live near a fairground. Amazing. Ooh, not in my backyard utensils. So she always, even when she was high, locked all the outside doors with a deadbolt and chain before putting me to bed. I remember watching TV. Then it was supposed to be time for me to go to bed. Dad was working late as usual. He was an accountant. And I got to tell you, her asides, a little nonsensical, but that's fine. Um, and had a, like, accountants work late? Sure. Uh, mom had a friend over. They were talking about this friend's upcoming wedding, which was about to bore me to sleep in any case. So I went to my room without being asked. 
I had already seen mom go around and do her door locking ritual when I was getting a pop tart. She and her friends got drinks, then went to the TV room and closed both doors. I could still hear them talking low and the TV murmuring in the background. The ho- our house was pretty small and noises carried. Besides, the door to my room was just across the hall from the door behind the couch in the TV room. <laughs> These are too many directions, Jen. These are yeah. There's there's too much uh there's too much setting this. I apologize. Here. Uh, I got a but that's okay. You know, it's, I'm sure it's still gonna be great. I got a <laughs> I got a book. <clears throat> I got a book and started reading. It wasn't very long before I heard a loud, steady knock, knock, knock that didn't seem to be coming from the front door. I just assumed that another friend had showed up and they were knocking rather than ringing the bell. I could hear my mom and her friend moving around. A door opened, not the one across from my room, though, and my mom stuck her head around the corner of the hall as she went to the front door. Her friend yelled out, there's nobody. The door is locked. No one at the front door either, obviously, as mom came into the hall again before opening the door across from mine that led to the TV room. All of this happened in about a minute. I about crapped my pants when my mom screamed, worse than when the mouse ran across her foot. I jumped up and ran to her side to hold her hand. It terrified me to hear her so frightened. Her friend in the room from the other door, uh, her friend ran into the room from the other door and said, what? What's wrong? And mom points to the masks. They were hung too high to reach without a stepladder, but someone had obviously been messing with them. Several had marks across the faces, greasy black sooty smears. On one, the one on the end had a black thumbprint-sized mark in the middle of the forehead. Did you do this? My mom accused her friend. How could I? I was with you or checking the locks. Mom's friend was crapping bricks. I could tell there was no way either one of them had a clue what was going on. Then they both proceeded to freak out about the knocking that came from the door inside the house, the one leading to the kitchen from the TV room. After they heard the three knocks, my mom had leaned over and opened the door without even getting up from the couch. Like I said, the room was small. Upon seeing that there was no one there, her first reaction was to check to see if it was me. It wasn't. Then check the front door while her friend checked the back and garage doors. This is a British farce. So both of them, <laughs> doors, doors, doors. Both of them assumed there must be someone else in the house. Obviously, they thought the person got inside but was locked in. Oh, shit. (gasps) That's awful. And now the person had vandalized the masks in a very creepy manner, like they had been marked for death by some sooty demon finger. We are leaving. It isn't safe. My mom grabbed me in some clothes, and we bugged out in a hellfire hurry to stay over my grandma's. You from Kentucky. She paused long enough to scribble a note to my dad, then left. My mom's friend and she got together the next day to try to figure things out. They were both artists and they could tell the black smudges were not from any paint. Ooh, look at this. Um, Forensics. It was like they were burned into the plaster. My dad's mask hadn't been touched. He had refused to let mom hang it in the first place. Mom's friend's mask was fine too, but my mom's wasn't. She didn't notice till the next day because it was marked on the back, not across the face. Looked like a splatter of black acid burns all over it. Mom took the masks down and painted over all the ones that had been marked. When I got older, I told her I wanted to make a mask of my face. She refused. Two years after the mask incident, the girl whose mask had the stripe across the eye and the cheek was in a car accident and almost lost an eye. The fuck? The same year, the woman who had the black thumbprint died. One mask had been marked across the mouth. That woman is still an alcoholic. My mother died of rapidly advancing cancer. My dad and the friends who had it been marked are both still alive and well. The other two unmarked masks were from people I understand are too living, but I'm not sure about their health. If it was a prank, it was one mom and her friend never figured out or discussed afterwards. 
like they wanted to forget on purpose. I have the mask of mom's friend hanging in the hall above my stairs. Oh, no. Oh, absolutely the fuck not. No, and... And she was not like, let's burn these masks. She was like, I will paint over them. No! Uh, inappropriate response. I don't, I, oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. It was worth, it was worth getting through all of that stage direction. <laughs> oh my God. That's, oh, that's very upsetting. Mm. I don't like Mm-mm. that. Mm-mm. I, hey, hey, you want to know what the theme of the night is? Oh. Spiders? Bees! What is it? Fair. Masks? This, this, this one, this one is called bees. Yes! Yes, yes, yes! Yes, yes, This yes. story is called Bees by Yes, No, Maybe. Amen. Towards the end of college, my roommate Allie and I moved into a new apartment. We wanted a place that felt more like a home after our last place which was fluorescently lit and infested with mold, leaving Allie with constant coughs. What we picked, though, seemingly cozier, was also weird. It was a 1960s, maybe 70s house in a nice neighborhood. On the outside, it looked like many of the houses in Boulder, with exposed brick, stained glass window accents, and a sort of welcoming mountain vibe. (laughs) Inside... The house was split into three units, a front one, a middle one, ours, and a back one. The front unit had most of the guts of the original house, so the back two, clearly intended to be rented by thrifty students and added on as afterthoughts, were kind of cabin-like and a little bit ramshackle. (laughs) Our, Our only entrance was a breaking, sliding glass door that opened into a living room with a wood-burning fireplace. Above also, that, I'm going to go ahead, like, fireplaces is also, like, burning wood. Yep, that's that's yep. a whole theme, too. I'm excited mm-hmm, about it. Mm-hmm. Bees and bungalows and burning. Bungalows. Bees and bungalows. Mm. Boy, that's uh, that's what I'm going to call my next feel-good summer novel. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm going to pre-order that shit. <laughs> Above that, a second-floor landing stretched partially over the room like a balcony, making the landing visible from the front door, but obscuring much of the view from the second floor onto the first. The ground in the living room was rough, cold stone, and the kitchen and back, separated by a step as the floor became heavy, worn wood, could only be fully viewed from walking all the way into the house. Right before the entrance to the kitchen, stairs and banister were made of splintering, unfinished wood. They led up and turned into the upper level, where there was a creaky landing, a small bathroom, and two bedrooms. Both of the bedrooms had incredible wood lofts, raised well above head level, reachable only by unbolted ladders and overhanging the entrances to our respective rooms and where my bed eventually sat. That's a weird fucking house. That is weird. It's a lot. It's a lot. And again, my brain can't like design the whole thing. But the takeaway is real weird mountain bunk. <laughs> That's really okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Moving in, Allie and I were mostly good. We'd been friends since high school and had this codependent bond, but an often contentious, uneven power dynamic. But Allie had a new girlfriend who kept her busy, and we were genuinely excited about the new apartment as a way to start over. 
So as a commitment to making this an actual home, Allie and I decided to substantially decorate the place and paint our rooms. However, Allie, off with her girlfriend, left me alone to set off to work. More often than not, I stayed by myself late into the night, moving and painting. Immediately, I felt nervous. The house was old and so made noises and could seem animated, but I grew up in a much older house. What bothered me more was that it was designed so that wherever you were inside, there were strange blind spots. Oh, no. (laughs) The kitchen in the back, under the stairs, the second floor landing, the loft above my bed, and every single room in the house, with the exception of the bathroom, you could not see the whole room. In each. What? There were oh, several no. corners nope. you couldn't see There's past. There's shit hidden in those it, walls. Go on. And it began to feel like something resided in there. Ah! Cool. Great. Sometimes when I was upstairs, I'd hear movement in the kitchen. If I was in my room painting, I'd swear I'd hear someone come up the stairs and onto the second floor landing where they'd stop. Mm -hmm. If I was in my loft, I'd hear what sounded like footsteps moving up the stairs onto the landing and into my room, stopping underneath the overhang just where I couldn't see them. No. Occasionally, I would see a figure out of the corner of my eye, a woman, I assumed, and more than once, I'd hear the footsteps or see the figure and start talking to it. Hey, Allie, how was your night? Or, what's up? Before realizing, Allie wasn't back. A couple of weeks in, having never mentioned it, I started talking about it to Allie. I I started talking to Allie about the gut feeling that I got in the house. And without missing a beat, she says, so you think we have a ghost too? (sighs) She relayed similar experiences. After that, having finally spent some time there, Allie painted her bedroom a bright yellow in contrast to my navy blue. She then asked if I would draw something on her light switch cover as a finishing touch. I, seeing her cheery yellow, decided to draw bees, believing that to be a fitting theme. Sure. That evening, we reinstalled the etched cover to her wall. And the very next day, Allie's loft was swarming with bees. Oh, no. It's like an Amazing Stories episode. No, 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 no. It didn't make sense. We didn't have a hive nearby, and they weren't building one. We often hung out on the roof outside the window and checked again today. No hive there either. They also weren't there. Uh, there There also weren't even the more common wasps. They were proper bees, and a lot of them. Mostly, though, the timing was eerie. The morning after I had adorned her room with bees, it was filled with them. From then on, it became a running joke that the ghost gave us bees. But ha ha ha! More ha ha ha! Funny <laughs> jokey joke joke. Ha 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 ha! But what became more apparent was that whatever it was, for whatever reason, it was keeping an eye on me. Mm. It seemed to spend a lot of time around me. At night, if I was studying in the loft, I'd hear the footsteps or the landing shift. In bed, I would hear what sounded like something heavy moving, sometimes breathing, in the platform above me. Books kept up their rustled, and little keepsakes rattled around like someone was inspecting them. In the day, I'd climb up and things would be scattered where I hadn't left them. 
And I always had that uncomfortable sense of someone being around me, even though I was alone. (laughs) At the same time, my relationship with Allie started eroding. Her girlfriend became her obvious and only priority, and years of mutual resentment started destroying any goodwill, goodwill we had. She was inconsiderate and dirty and clearly no longer invested in us. Not that I was, either. But I often felt unwelcome in my own home. Over these months, I also started getting sleep paralysis. Some nights, I'd hear the sounds in my loft. Horrified, I'd wake up entirely frozen and mute to watch a dark figure glide down the ladder, float into the corner of my room, and just stay like a shadow until I finally regained movement and switched on a light. I feel like very tiny claws are digging into my scalp right now. I... I began playing Veep while I slept because the voices drowned out any noise and it felt like I wasn't alone. Uh, She's a baby then. God. Um, We also made a joke about the ghost liking Veep. (laughs) But, But in the end, I still wasn't sleeping much. Often if I did, I woke up painfully contorted, my legs or arms hyperextended and wedged beneath me. Oh, God. The tendons in my knees started hurting from the strain. So, Lillian, think about getting down on your knees and then lying backward. No! Uh, I think that's what she said. No, I've woken up with my arm asleep and that's bad enough. It's bad enough, yes. So, I started driving down to Denver most evenings to stay at my mom's. Sometimes during the day, I'd return to the apartment and Allie would tell me what the ghost had been up to. Walking around the kitchen or up and down the landing late into the night, turning on and off lights, occasionally moving moving things, whatever it was, it seemed to be more active, maybe even upset, after I was gone. When I slept there regularly, it certainly was around, but more passively. And although I found it deeply terrifying to be woken up by it, for the most part, it just seemed to want to hang out with me. Until one afternoon, I arrived back in Boulder after several days away, and Allie, still reeling, said, I saw the ghost. (laughs) She then described in detail how she and her girlfriend had fallen asleep in her bed the night before, and at some point, time around 3 a.m. she heard someone whisper al 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 ali (laughs) at first she thought it was odd i wouldn't have been coming home that late at night and even if i had i never would have woken her up that's when she opened her eyes to a figure she said it was strangely solid with a faint shimmer but still clearly decrepit and frail It stood uncomfortably close, hunching over her so that she couldn't see its full body without tilting her head. Which she did. Its head looked almost human, but featureless. Instead, a red pattern crept across the face. It glowed and shifted, contorting and flickering like a shadow. Or, she said, an LSD trip. And she could feel how angry this thing was with her it literally glowed red it was mad it took her a moment before she finally registered fear screamed and tried to kick it within an instant it vanished her girlfriend woke up disoriented and tried to convince her it was just a dream but she wasn't so sure for me that was pretty much the end of it i never wanted to see this thing 
ever, much less figure out what it actually wanted. Part of me still couldn't determine whether its seeming affection for me was benign or sinister. So I immediately went to my mom's recommended psychic, I know, (laughs) and told him everything. He very calmly said, well, I think it's safe to say it likes you and hates Allie. He he then told me that if I didn't want to bother me, all I needed to do was audibly and clearly tell it exactly what I expected it to do. Compromise with it. Unless it truly wished harm, it would listen. So the next time I slept in Boulder and heard it in my loft, I woke up and spoke to it. Hey, uh, you can stay here because I'm assuming this is your home and you're just confused. (laughs) And so long as you don't want to hurt me, that's fine. But you can't keep me awake like this. I don't want to hear you. And I certainly don't want to see you. I don't want to be scared of you, but I am. So let me be very clear. Do not ever, ever show yourself to wow. me. Wow. <laughs> Mercifully, it never responded. After that, I'd still hear footsteps or occasional noise. Things would be moved, but it truly did get better. Allie, for her part, stopped talking about it as much and never mentioned seeing it again. Eventually, we finished college, our friendship ended, and we both moved out. A few years later, I met a girl who went to school in Boulder shortly after me. I asked her in passing where she lived, and sure enough, it was my old address. No! I mentioned the ghost, and she, horrified, said, I cannot be alone in that house. The end. Oh, no! <laughs> that was bees. Can I just, if I may, what would have happened if she had painted giraffes? If she what? If she had painted giraffes on the wall. <laughs> I, it's fucking Jumanji, my friend. <laughs> yeah i can't with this shit it's so great isn't it you know well and it's hard because like okay that person chose to talk to the ghost and be like i'm putting my foot down i'm taking a stand but then like in that other story about the girl who put the altar up to the guy that she thought was like still in pain and haunting her house in New Orleans. (gasps) And that was bad because it wasn't a ghost. It was a thing impersonating a ghost that then tried to get her to fucking kill herself. So like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, what are you going to do? Um, there are a couple of follow-up comments to it where someone's like, I wish to God I had had someone talk to me like you're psychic because Um, The advice that I got was to be like, listen up here, ghosty ghost. This is my home and you got to get the fuck out. And it and it made the activity so much more sinister and horrible. So I crawly, crawly, crawl, crawl skin. Yuck. By the way, that is an excellent, absolutely dread filled movie. Sinister. Oh, I don't know anything about that. Oh, it's a fucking great horror movie. It's excellent. 
Very, very, very scary. I gotta t- I, I'm just a chicken shit. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the idea. But, like, it's supposed to make you totally incapable of sleep. But, so I can do, I do better <laughs> with the stories than I do with imagery. Like, right now, if I closed my eyes and thought too hard about that, the one movie where the person's, like, upside down and backwards and scrambling on all fours, I forget what that is. But it was in the trailer. Oh, that's The Exorcist. No, 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 no. No. I, wait, the, was it a new Exorcist? No. No. That's probably true. I'm thinking of possibly The Grudge or something like that is a much more recent movie, but I'm going to say like 2005, where the person's like Mm. backwards and coming down the stairs on all fours and her head is twisted around and she's wearing a nightgown. So maybe The Grudge, I don't know. Um, Mm. But this specific thing, like sometimes just crawls behind my eyes. I've I've never seen the movie, but it's those like fast zombies and when it does the old lady thing when Pennywise is the old lady dancing around my brain grabs onto these really specific moments even in 28 days later um this one guy uh gets infected because like I don't know there's maybe a zombie above him or a bird ate part of the zombie and a drop of blood falls in his eye that's not even the scary part the scary part's when he turns into the zombie sometimes I'll be in the shower and I'll just think about (laughs) The drop of blood falling in that guy's eye. So whatever whatever brand of OCD makes my ADD and hoarding stuff so special, that's definitely <laughs> latches on to shit I wish I could get rid of. Oh, uh, I hear it. <laughs> um, this one... Uh, ends with the words true dot fucking dot story so i feel like i need to do this one even though it is three pages long and it's kind of a lot but all right i am so ready this because the comments were good and because the user's name was sparkle farkle i'm here for it and after chief queef the other day i feel like these names are leading us in the right direction (laughs) Ooh, that's right I have lots of stories. It's taken me a long time to say this, but after talking extensively with the best friend of my friend's mom, who is psychic, I'm starting to think I have some sort of, I don't know, ability. I grew up in a haunted town in a notoriously haunted Midwestern state. Around my fifth birthday, I started to have sometimes have dreams about tragedy or dangerous situations. And then those things would happen sometimes later. Sometime no. later. And I would respond in a way that was against my instincts, but ended up stopping or avoiding the problem. Whoa, what do you, what, I'm sorry, please tell me more. You were five and you were like stopping a car crash? Like what were you? Uh, right, and you were avoiding or were your fatal tragedies? Was your Barbie about what? to fall off the shelf? I need more information. Okay, I'm already, I'm, I have second thoughts about this already. Um, <clears throat> then I started to feel energies in rooms. Now, I often go to places that are supposedly haunted and have experiences, and many times the energies I used to feel in a given house have since shown themselves to me as spirits, ghosts, whatever. Anyway, I have lots of stories. You fucking mentioned that. But only two of them are at all frightening to me. You have the rest of this paragraph to win me over, bitch. Girl. This is the only one that actually scares me to this day. It's Nope, it's a long story, so bear with me. Are we in it? <laughs> Okay. All right. I'm excited to extrapolate the story from this person's so many words. I moved away from home to attend college about eight years ago. 
My freshman year was when I was really starting to pick up on this stuff. One night, some friends and I were sitting around bored because we couldn't find any parties. And I, I remember that when you were like, who's having a party tonight? <laughs> and I happened. Me. Oh, man. I mean, our college was so boring that everybody was constantly having parties. Like, that was the whole thing. If you were if you were off campus and you weren't having parties, people were mad at you. Um, I happen to think, I happen to mention that I think I might, <laughs> we were bored, couldn't find any parties, sitting around talking. I happen to mention that I think I might be starting to see stuff, like ghosts and stuff sometimes. My friend Elle was, like most people who hear this, very skeptical. It was all like, prove it. She was a townie. I love a townie. And she told us about a graveyard not far from town. Townies always know where the graveyards are, Jen. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> she told us about a graveyard not far from town that had a very creepy history and suggested we drive out to see what it was like. She said there had been some very disturbing stories, but that no one had ever believed anyone. Her thinking was that if I really had this, like, gift, I would be able to prove her doubt. The graveyard is on a road that is very, very remote back before roads and stuff made it easier to get to. It is still very difficult to get out there. A small cult-like group had a settlement out there. Ooh. The church is still standing, and you can see it far in the distance from the road. There's a graveyard behind the church, so I assume that's where we were going. But my friend said, no, not that one. (laughs) Turns out there's another, much smaller graveyard about a mile and a half down the road. As the legend explains why. The pastor of the church had a young wife who had married him as a mail-order bride from someplace in Eastern Europe. Not long after she arrived, the church hired a young teacher from a nearby college to come teach the children of the community. The teacher and the pastor's wife began an affair. The whiff, the wife was a witch or whatever, and soon she had turned sure. her I'm I'm here for this now. Soon she had turned her young lover onto the occult as well. As two of the most influential people in the community, they were able to spread this throughout the community to some extent. One night the pastor found her diary and discovered the affair. Intending to catch the two lovers, he went to the teacher's small house, but instead of whoa, instead of two people making love, he found a small group of his flock being led by his wife in some sort of ritual. The town decided the only thing to do oh, was to hang the wife, the teacher, huh? and everyone, adults and children, who huh? had been caught in that house. What? Whoa, whoa, wait a second. Then they buried the witches and warlocks upside down in their graves in a separate graveyard. The rationale behind this is supposedly that when the rapture comes, the undead, as well as all the souls who are mixed up in the occult, will rise from their grave like zombies and kill us all. The people are buried upside down, so they'll only crawl their way further into their graves instead. That alone gave me the chills. Actually, she says that that fact alone gave me the chills, but I am dubious as to what is actually a fact (laughs) in the story. That feels like a generous uh, definition. (laughs) That minutia. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) That's how she starts the next paragraph. Sure. Listen, the night we go to see this place, it's the comments were real good. The night we go to see this place, it's mm-hmm. frigidly cold. About four inches of freshly fallen snow cover the ground. It was the kind of quiet you might only know if you've been out in the countryside in the dead of winter. Woo! The, yeah. <laughs> the kind that is deafeningly silence. A complete absence of anything living. You could hear a pin fall. Um, my favorite That's is when it's it like goes, that. girl. No, 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 no. You can hear the snow falling off the branches. That's what it should be. Right. When Why aren't quiet, we writing this? <laughs> well, let's let's redo this. Let's 
Let's option this. <laughs> That's so creepy, especially if there's some ice because then something cracks Ooh, and then right. snow falls and then the branch bounces back so that it mm-hmm. rustles and then more snow falls. And then and things then, look like footprints. It's a whole yes, thing. Yes. And then if animals get scared, then they start to scurry and it's this whole thing. <laughs> Not a pin. And a pin drops, it doesn't fall. This bitch. So only L and another friend K wanted to get out of the car. We get out of the car, and the first thing I noticed is that this graveyard is creepier than anyone I've ever seen. It's surrounded by a wrought iron fence like a lot of cemeteries, but this one has huge pointed spikes along the top. And get this. In the center of the cemetery is another fence that surrounds just two graves. I think this was the wife and the teacher. My friends were freaking out just seeing the place, and I was a little uneasy too, but I had grown used to this feeling of unease, so I decided I would jump the fence and take a look around. Kay sticks around by the gate, but she isn't going with us. She picks up this... Fuck you, Kay. She picks up this (laughs) neat-looking rock lying by the gate and puts it in her pocket. I don't know if that comes into play later, but... Don't, what are you doing picking up neat looking rocks while people are risking their lives for your entertainment? Uh, my skeptic friend Elle came with me. I go up to this spot. I'm just thinking of me dangling by my underwear from that fence at the pool. <laughs> Boldly being like, I'm brave. I will jump this fence. My skeptic friend Elle came with me. I go up to the smaller fence and see that there is actually a motherfucking cage surrounding these two graves. Another shiver goes up my spine. The words leave us be are graffitied on the top of one of the headstones. I begin to sense that there is someone in the far corner to the right of me watching. I'm more interested in why the fuck there is a cage over these graves. Elle says something stupid about you stupid slut. You deserve to be locked up in a cage. Oh no. This bitch. Oh no. I hear a guttural growl come from the corner. She hears it too and takes off running for the car where our other friends are waiting. The fuck? Oh, rude, rude. This is what you get for slut shaming. I hope she's the first to die. Uh, I look over to where I think it's coming from, but I don't see anything. I was certain something was there in the graveyard with me. It must have just moved. I sense it behind me. This overwhelming feeling I can't describe comes over me. The best way to explain it is that it was a primal thing. A feeling of being prey and my unseen predator was very near. I mean, it was so intense. I become, I become convinced that the shadow was stalking me. I say to myself in my head, what is that? What do I do? I hear, I hear quote unquote, a muffled voice that is very similar to the one who warns me to run in my dreams, run, run as fast as you can never come back. I don't think twice. Whoa. Capital letters run the whole time. I can sense something is chasing me as I'm running. My friend R starts screaming. The door was barely even closed and we're taking off driving way too fast for the snow down this curvy, not oft traveled country road. And my friends are still screaming. Finally, we get back to the main highway and they relax a little. I tell them about the voice and ask them why they were screaming. Kay says, we thought we saw a dark, tall figure in the corner, and when you and L came running to the car, it chased you, and I swear it had bright red eyes. <gasps> the fuck? No! No, this is, no, no! This is not the scariest thing about this story. 
the fuck? We get home and Kay shows us this rock. This bitch. I knew this rock. I fucking knew this rock. Uh, Kay shows us this rock. Then she goes and pull it, puts it in her car because she wants to paint it all pretty and put it in her house. We all snuggle on the couches and fall asleep watching TV because clearly nothing bad just happened. Oh that my was God. That was my editorializing. <laughs> Kay, Kay. Oh, no. Kay is the first to leave the next morning. Oh, puppy. Hi, puppy. Oh, he's just so excited. He's already... I know. He's always so excited. He's so excited. There's so many dogs he doesn't know. Jen, you should post a picture of Bear on our Instagram page. Oh, I should. I should find a good picture of Bear. I'll find like a really every other embarrassing day. picture of him. Yes. <laughs> Where he's like <laughs> sitting there with his dick out. Yes, for sure. <laughs> like that picture I sent you the other day with him fucking yep. thinking he's a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, back to this rock. Back to the rock. Back to the rock. Okay. <laughs> everyone, Jen, now everyone's thinking about your dog's penis. Okay. <laughs> By everyone, do you mean you? You're the one who sent me that picture. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> <sighs> okay, back to the bitch with the rock. Kay is the first to leave the next morning because she has to go to work. What? What? No, I mean, they all hung out and they slept over and then Kay, the dumb one with the rock, had to go to work. Oh, God. So everyone else is hanging out and having, like, fucking bugles for breakfast and it's fine. Kay Uh. is the first to leave the next morning because she has to go to work. We're all supposed to see her at work for lunch. We get to the restaurant and ask her for her section and the hostess says, Oh, didn't you guys hear? She was in a wreck on the way here, and she's in the hospital. We call her mom. Kay's car is totaled, and she's in a a medically induced coma. Whoa. I ask what happened. Her mom says, we don't know yet. When they brought her in, Kay just kept saying, it was the rock. The rock made me crash. R and I are capital lettered freaked out. We ask her mom if we can see the car because we think we left some school books in the back seat. Mm Mm-hmm. We find the rock. We take it back to the cemetery and put it exactly where we found it. (laughs) Oh, an hour later, we get a call from Kay's mom. She's suddenly better. Her arm is broken and she has some cracked ribs, but she's going to be fine. The doctors can't explain her miraculous recovery. When we are alone, oh, no. She tells us, she tells us she was driving to work. Oh, no. When, When the rock, which was in the fucking back seat... Uh, flew up and hit her hard on the head from behind and bef- uh, before falling next to the stick shift. She said it was like someone was sitting behind her and curled it at her. She looked down and when she picked it up, it was hot like a coal and a voice from the back seat from where it would have been thrown said, I said to leave us alone. Oh my God. Absolutely not. Oh no, Okay. Since then, Kay has lived in several apartments, even went to France for a semester, and she swears that something follows her everywhere she goes. <gasps> Things get moved, or she'll leave food out, and they'll be eaten when she comes back in the room. Oh, I've visited her in these homes, and that very same feeling of something flat-out evil stalking me around the house follows me whenever I visit. True. Period. Fucking. Period. Story. Oh, fuck. That's not good. But... <laughs> While I can understand someone being pissed off at, like, souvenir shopping, like, like just after 9-11 when people were, like, selling weird shit down at the, at the site, 
Um, I would like to address the fact that it was L and not K who was like, you're a dumb slut. Yes. How come she didn't get haunted? Uh, you stupid slut. You deserve shit. to be locked up in a cage. That hooker. Oh my God. <laughs> it was worth it. I felt I was feeling sticky at the very beginning. I felt like there was a lot that I had to claw through, but I think it was worth it. <laughs> I had that ice feeling in my tummy. That iced feeling? Yes. When you swallow, like when you swallow oh, ice and it goes too fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. ice cube. Mm-hmm. Oh. Or too much Slurpee too fast. <gasps> I'm Slurpee. That is Jen, a good one. Jen, when are, are 7-Elevens open? Can I have a Slurpee? Oh, no. I mean, live your baby life, right? I feel like that's something that would still be open. Fuck, I really want a Slurpee now. <laughs> Sorry. In related hashtag, news. Hashtag COVID problems. Go on. Call it problems. Oh, my God. It's oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I want that for you. I do. Oh, I want that for you. you. You're welcome. You know what? I'll get there and it'll only be the Coke flavor and I'll just be sad. Ooh, I like a Coke Slurpee, though. What? What's your very, very, very favorite of all time? Oh... You know what? If we were talking slush puppies, I would say blue raspberry. That's a solid. But there's so many different flavors of uh, watermelon, I guess, maybe, for Slurpees. Um, no, lime. Something with tangy. Something like, Ooh, like cherry. Lime cherry lime. If they're, yes. Forget Every so often it. You All get like bets a sh- are off. Sugar-free cherry lime one, and then I'm, then I'm there for that, for sure. Because mm. I, like I like my chemical substitutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. Um, although I will happily like just a Coke one is pretty pretty Mm-mm. delightful. Mm-mm. No, that doesn't cut it for you. I don't like cola flavored things. Like I like the texture of a gummy Coke bottle, but at the end, like it's not. I need soda to be carbonated and in soda form. <laughs> I don't like you were talking about the Coke syrup thing, and I was like, that sounds great. Then I thought about it later, and I was like, I don't want just the Coke syrup. We actually uh, we have a, a soda stream. And you can get just the, the syrup. It doesn't taste like Coke because it's generic. It tastes like RC. Uh, but of course I tasted it and it was not my bag. No. There were wow. so many details in that story. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I live for your details. It's all good. You know what it was? I took my Adderall just before I talked to you and also I'm having a beer. So I feel like things are coming out in a very frenetic way right now. I love that within an hour you took an Adderall and you had a beer. Come on. Hey, no judgment. I don't know how it all works. <laughs> it works however I say it works. <laughs> it's a prescription. You guys, it's a prescription. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like I took my morning Adderall and then had a beer. And if I did, who are you to judge me? I'm not. I'm not anyone to judge you. That's really... Nope. Nope. I'm here to support you. (laughs) And enable me. And enable the fuck out of you. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) To be both the angel and devil on your shoulder. (laughs) On the same shoulder. On the same it's, shoulder. It's very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
tell me a story. Oh, you want to, you want another one? Um, let's yeah, see. you I do have... one more. Do do a do an an ender because that I don't feel like this that was an one's ender. so fucking weird. This is from user Mel without Diner Five. Back in the early 2000s, I moved in with a now ex-boyfriend. He lived in a bungalow-style house in one of the neighborhoods of a large Midwestern city. This happened when I was taking a personal day from work after moving in to finish getting things arranged and unpacked. Scratching. It was mid-afternoon when the doorbell rang. Through the peephole, I saw a conservatively dressed woman. My guess was Jehovah's Witness, so I planned to say no thanks and get back to unpacking. I opened the door and got a better look. The woman was about my age, late 20s, and she had frizzy hair like a perm gone wrong. It was a nondescript brownish blonde and looked dry and damaged. All her style choices looked like those of a stereotypical grandmother. She wore a lightweight tan jacket, a white turtleneck that looked like it had been washed many times. Aww. With those little pills. A long khaki skirt that buttoned up the front and loafers styled like moccasins. She was, she was (laughs) under... specific. I'm sorry. It's real specific. That's so specific. She was underdressed for a late November day. The only break with her style was shiny black aviator sunglasses. I couldn't see her eyes. I opened the door but left the screen door closed. Hi, is Scott home? I started to say he wasn't home, but then my instincts started to kick in. I asked what she needed, and she held out a paper plate wrapped in foil. (gasps) I made these for Scott. He helped me out the other day, and I wanted to thank him. Fuck, I fucking know this one. Go on. That almost made sense. Scott was a firefighter, and he'd had a call to a house recently, but why would she bring them to his house? How did she find his house? Why was I instantly uncomfortable and panicked once I opened the door? I told her she'd have to give it to him at work. She asked if he was at work. I said she'd need to talk to him later at work. She asked when he'd be home. I said she'd need to speak to him. She she asked if he was home. It was an endless loop. I noticed she had a jerky manner of talking, like she had to move physically to speak. Finally, I broke the loop and said I couldn't talk to her anymore and she'd have to leave. As I closed the door, she slammed her hand on the screen door and screamed, No! I closed and locked the door quickly. Almost instantly, there was knocking at the back door. That didn't make sense. The backyard was fenced and we kept the gate locked. No! (laughs) The lot was long and narrow, so along with the locked gate, it took a little time to go from the front to the back. I ran to the back and peeked out. She was there. And now she was yelling that she knew he was home and I had to let her in. I looked out at the back door. She clearly had a problem and I didn't know if 911 was the best way to help or not. The doorbell rang as I looked at her. Hopefully it was someone else. I went and looked out the peephole. There she was again. She gave me a big grin and the knocking started in the back. I marched to the phone. There were two of them, so I was sure this was a crime and she was putting on an act. 911 was my best bet. As I reached the phone, 
it rang. No! Nope. Nope. I expected it to be her, but it was our neighbors across the street. Oh. They were older, but not too much. Jim was a retired cop, and Jenny worked an office job in the city. She was off today and just wondering if Scott and I would like to come for dinner. I cut her off panicked and asked if anyone was at my front door. She said no, and I begged her to double check. She asked me why, and I explained. Immediately, Jim got on the phone. Jim told me he'd be right over and to go to the interior of the house away from all the windows. <gasps> Jim! Jim. <sighs> all this time, the bell was ringing in the front and there was knocking in the back. <laughs> Eventually, it stopped. Jim yelled at the front door that it was him and I could open up. He asked me a lot of questions. And then we had the following conversation that I've never forgotten. If that thing ever comes back again, don't open the door. Jim, if she ever comes back, I'm calling the police. W wait, what do you mean, that thing? <sighs> I don't know what religion you are, but you should get something for protection and hang it by the door. And don't talk about it again, either. Scott was as confused as it by, uh, by it as I was and didn't recognize her from my description. At first, we talked about it, but then I noticed after he was talking to Jim one day, he didn't want to discuss it anymore. He was raised Catholic, and a few days later, he hung a crucifix near the door. Mm. He insisted it was just something from his grandma's house he'd had a long time, and it reminded him of her. I lived there for a little over a year, and nothing else happened. About a year after I moved out, Scott called me at work. He thought I'd want to know that Jim had died. Mm. During the call, we talked about old times, and Scott talked about how Jim had been so concerned about me after the incident. Turns out the same thing had happened to Jenny late one night when they had just had their first child. I tried to take it beyond Jim's concern, but Scott said Jim had asked him never to talk about it, and he wanted to respect it. Since then, I've lost touch with both Jenny and Scott. It wasn't until a few days after the call that I realized Jim and Jenny were my parents' age. Their first baby is older than me. That means the same thing happened to her in the 1970s. No. I still don't understand it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> the knocking at all the different doors, that, that, so I know that I have told you before, um, my family, uh, was like late on the taxes. Like we were broke, all of this stuff. And occasionally someone would come and knock on our door. Now to knock on our door, you have to go down a, a long windy driveway, um, for listeners who have been listening. You, you've heard me describe it before a uh, long windy driveway, uh, 10th of a mile long, takes a couple minutes to walk down it. Um, very bumpy. And then, because my family did not, like, trim hedges, there was no topiaries or anything. It was all just, like, a, like a jungle to get to the door. And then someone would have to knock on that door, which, by the way, there was usually, like, a wasp's nest near the door. But, of course there was. Of uh, course there was. This is the bees episode. Bees, bees, bees. <laughs> uh, and if anyone knocked, we all hid. 
because it <gasps> might be somebody from the county serving papers or no, no serving papers. It was always about the house. Um, or, like trying to, you know, trying to get somebody to sign something to be like, you've been served or somebody trying to discuss like tax collecting or whatever. Uh, we hid, we hid somebody rings the doorbell, you hide. Oh my um, God. so when I think about someone ringing a doorbell at one end of the house and then fucking knocking on a door at the other end, l- literally <laughs> my bladder just turns itself inside out. Oh God. I hate it. Oh no. I hate it, but I love it. It is. It's so good, isn't it? Ooh, thank you for scaring me. Mm, thanks for scaring me. My God. <laughs> this motherfucker do you know what this motherfucker did this motherfucker texts me in the middle of the night saying she can't get the thought of the red eyes out of her brain <laughs> i was up i'm so sad about that i was up i was up and i looked in the corner of the room no And so, so what you guys also need to know is that I am blind. I'm negative eight and a half in one eye and negative nine in the other. So when my contacts are out, I could literally walk into a wall. Like I am blind. And, uh, so I have always seen weird things, but no sleep paralysis, but like things are just masses and sometimes they're colors. Um, as I'm, as I'm, if I don't have my contacts in and there was like just a little foggy spot over here. And then there were two little eyes, and I was like, no, 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 no. No, I felt okay. I felt okay closing my eyes and ignoring that because nothing else happened. But those folks, again, once again, people who are like, there was a, there was a ghost molesting me, and I was like, I'll just close my eyes and go to sleep, and it'll be fine. No, 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 no. But because I mean, I had to share it with you. Yes. Yes, you did. You did. Honestly, I would have been more upset if you had held back on that. And then in the morning, we're like, oh my well, God, I, I saw it. Also, if I was dead in the morning, I would want someone to know. I, I had to have witnessed that. I had to be your, yeah. It wouldn't be fair. Right? Right. That's it. That's it. That's it. Dear friends and neighbors. I'm trying so oh. hard to not buy every single jar of lime crime. Oh, you guys, her hair looks so pretty. Jen, I just had a brainstorm and I want to talk about your hair more, but I'm, I I feel like our listeners. <laughs> listen. <laughs> no, no, no. Come with me on this journey. Please I'm here. Me. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> come with me with your pretty hair. Um, our, our listeners should be called fuck buddies. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. What's up, fuck buddies? Oh, my God. I love it. Did you literally just th- Yeah, of course just, you're out of that right now. Just. You I don't know, know how you would have been able to sit on that all this time. No, for sure. hey I can't sit on anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh or, do I, or do I sit on everything? I mean, I have some opinions. I got some cakes. <laughs> cakes. Andrew was talking about doing cakes. <laughs> that fucking maniac. That's a whole other meaning to dump cake. <laughs> <laughs> Did 
Did you learn about cake sitting from Meetup? No, I learned about it from um, United States of Terra. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I love that show. It oh was so God. weird. Yes. It was so yes. weird. So and that us. girl, the girl who was the daughter who did all the cake sitting, she went on to do a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know anybody's name, but I really like that actress. But I was honestly, I was, that was first when I was like, oh, camming is multifaceted. <laughs> <laughs> There's an audience for everything. For everyone, everybody, everybody. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, goodbye, fuck buddies. <laughs> oh, fuck buddies. This has been so fun. Uh, thanks for letting us scare you. Um, maybe let us know your scary stories. Oh, by the way, I uh, it looks like if you want to leave us a voicemail, the way that I've been hawking it for I don't know, literally months now, mm-hmm. uh, it's it it taps out at one minute, and in order to do it, they have to make a um, anchor account. Which okay. I know can absolutely be a stop, can be one too many things where you're just like, no, absolutely not. So you can DM us. Oh, on Instagram, uh, for you sure. Can DM us, you can email us, you can tweet us. Um, whatever makes your little hearts happy, that's okay. Um, I mean, yeah, leave a voicemail if you want, but... Um, I am I am loath to instruct anyone on how many... Uh, memberships they should want to have because... Yeah, I don't want to sign up for anything anymore. (laughs) Understood. (laughs) Strongly understood. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool beans. All right. I love you. I love you so much. You're the shit. (laughs) You are the bomb diggity-doo-wop shebang. Oh my god, you're my favorite fuck buddy. (laughs) (laughs) You're my favorite fuck buddy. Uh, bye, guys. Okay, bye. Not for a second. <laughs> <laughs>